I'm Rebecca Britt, and this is the Stable Moments Podcast, the show where we discuss all things related to the foster care system and early childhood trauma. From foster parents, trauma experts, former foster kids, and beyond, we'll take a deep dive into the complexities of the foster care crisis in an effort to better understand how to fix it. Okay, guys, here we go. This is our first legit episode of the Stable Moments podcast. In this episode, we'll be discussing my take on how we end the foster care crisis and how that ties into why I started Stable Moments and the Stable Moments journey. So I've actually recently been reading this book by Dan Heath. Dan is a New York Times bestselling author, and he's written quite a few books on social change, and that's what he does his research on at Duke University is social change and why we do the things we do as a society. And his new book, I wish I could tell you guys to go buy it, but it is not out until March. I got a pre-copy because I actually emailed him and asked him about research on the stable moments model and how we can get that done and how I felt that mentorship and programs like stable moments is what is going to help end the foster care crisis. And he said, he gave me a little bit of advice, but he said, it sounds like you would really benefit from reading my book. So I will send you a pre-copy. And he came through a couple months later. He actually did send me one. I just got it. So I've been reading it. I actually haven't even read all the way through. But in the beginning, he talks about how um, he references this story where children are coming downstream in a river and they're drowning and you're pulling these kids out of the river and they keep coming. And eventually you leave the kids that are drowning in this river and you run upstream to try to figure out who's throwing these kids in the river or or what's causing this problem and you stop it there and his whole book is called upstream and it is about solving problems by going upstream rather than band-aiding them rather than spending all your time pulling children out of the water at some point you need to make the decision to invest your time in fixing the problem before it happens So right now we spend a boatload of money once children are already in foster care. Of course, we have to house them. And once they are wards of the state, we need to pay for them. And then as they unfortunately become either incarcerated or their children come into care or addicted or on state subsidies, we continue to have a huge economic burden, let let alone just a societal and a cultural burden with more people who aren't afforded the opportunity to realize their full potential. So Stable Moments goes upstream by investing in the individual child. Before they get to adulthood, before they are making decisions that can impact the rest of their lives, we are getting them and we are creating a space where they can do healing. And in a Harvard study, it showed that the one thing that really matters in a child's life that has a bunch of adverse events in their early childhood is one healthy relationship with a adult, a caring adult. So this could be a coach, this could be an uncle, a parent, 
It could be a mentor, a community mentor. So that's where the community mentor piece comes into stable moments is that we already know that this is something that can really be impactful for a child to understand that they matter and that they have value and that they even have a reason to make good choices or to get a good grade on a test or to treat others kindly, right? So that's where the community mentorship comes in. The, the problem is, is that there's so much isolation in this particular population. Foster care is something that I think that we're getting more aware of, but a lot of people aren't aware of how many kids are in foster care. And there's this perception that they the kids are now in state's custody and the state has the responsibility of taking care of them. But the state is us. We are the, the community. We're the government. You know, we as people make up and elect those people. So th- the state doesn't have like a bunch of houses to put these kids in. That's that's our responsibility to step up and, and help these kids. So the problem is, is that fostering is a huge commitment. Even if somebody was very aware of the issue and wanted to help, really the only way to get involved that's obvious is to become a foster parent. And I have heard from so many people, sadly, that really, really have a heart for this and want to foster or adopt. They are just so nervous to take that first child in because what if they fall in love and what if they don't like the bio parents and what if they have to give them back to the bio parents and what if something happens where they can't keep this kid or what if they don't like this kid or can't handle this and they are the ones that give the kid back. They're so nervous of creating more trauma, understandably, that they just feel like they can't risk it, you know, and, and I get that. So there's just not another entry point that's clearly visible for the rest of the community to become involved. Now, churches and other community organizations, I feel like are doing an amazing job at starting to actually serve this population really well. And churches are making the community aware of the issue and really circling around those who do foster. So they might recognize the people that are foster parents and recognize the people that are adoptive parents in their congregation and actually set up some type of program where people can opt into making them meals, um, coming to do some housework, mowing their lawn, whatever, just so that we can be more supportive of people that are going through this journey because it's so isolating. And the people that have chosen to foster or adopt feel like they're alone in some of their feelings. They aren't open to really discuss any negative feelings because nobody else would understand and they already feel guilty about having those negative feelings. So there's already so much isolation and the community doesn't really have an easy access point to understand what foster and adoptive parents are going through or how to get involved other than now foster a child. So that's kind of another big goal of Stable Moments is to not only develop the individual child by giving them a mentor, but we are educating the community by allowing them to come and visit with a kid, mentor a child for one hour a week, 
Um, it gives the foster parent a opportunity to have a small break or do whatever they would like, feel understood, feel like their community is helping them. And it gives perspective to the mentor that they can go back out into the community and go, okay, I know a little bit more about kids with early developmental trauma. I know a little bit more about what this is like for the foster parent or for the adoptive parent. And it's not so intimidating to get involved now. So that's another big thing that Stable Moments does. I feel like to break down this community isolation that really makes it difficult for any of us to make real change with the foster care system. I didn't start Stable Moments with the intention of ending the foster care crisis. I simply felt called to match foster adopted kids up with horses. I knew the healing power of horses and I knew what they did for me as a kid. And I just felt like this population with early developmental trauma could really, really benefit from the healing power of horses. So that's what I did. I, I matched up kids and I actually was the one, I was the mentor. I was meeting up with these kids and so the idea of community mentorship just developed because I needed other people to serve more kids. I couldn't just do it myself. And then I had to train those people. So that's kind of how the program developed. But still, this, this program ended up having a mission of developing life skills in foster and adopted children to help them make healthy transitions into adulthood. But I was serving 25 kids max in my Georgia location and I've always been a global thinker and I just felt like how do we serve more kids? How do we scale this? So that's how the Stable Moments model and curriculum was developed. And as it was developed, I really started to think about how this plays a role in the larger foster care crisis. And with the possibilities on the horizon of stable moments serving more and more children, I have recently decided to more boldly state our why. And that why is ending the foster care crisis. You know, good efforts are always nice, but I'm always like, to what end? It's, it's why I'm getting my master's in program evaluation. I need to know, why does this matter? How does this change the broken system? So, by making this statement, people realize although our program is based on one-on-one -on -one mentorship, this work is directly related to changing the needs of our society. Creating the opportunity for children to make healthy transitions into adulthood means incarceration numbers go down, homelessness numbers go down, drug abuse, early pregnancy, the number of children entering care is reduced. We can change big systems, but it is going to take truly understanding all involved, innovation and community. This is a big lift and it's all of our responsibility. These children don't just go to the state. The state is us. It's time we step up. I truly believe if we can have these conversations and break down the barriers to entry to helping these kids, we can make an impactful difference. We need to be open. We need to stop thinking that we have all the answers. And I realize I'm saying this at the end of a podcast where I am saying how I think we should fix the foster care crisis. But I'm open. I think one of the ways we do that is listening to everyone's perspective. 
rather than saying if the system would just or if foster parents would just or if biological parents would just or if the courts would just or if the cops would just first we need to sit down with all of those players and understand their perspective and their reasoning for why they do what they do and then we could possibly come up with solutions one of the problems is that so many people and organizations think that they have solutions and even implement those solutions before they've even done the research they haven't listened to the people They haven't tried to figure out what possible unintended consequences might happen by implementing those solutions. We all think we have great ideas, but if you ask somebody else, they might tell you why that idea wouldn't work. And it's important to look at all perspectives before we spend resources, time, and investment on implementing changes. I guess I'm saying all of this so that you guys know that I'm open to all perspectives and that I'm open to trying to figure out and gain some understanding so that we can solve the foster care crisis. And I want you to know that I'm not going to be so stuck on the power of the stable moments model that that's all I can see. If stable moments plays a role in ending the foster care crisis, awesome. I love that and I will continue to promote it. If it doesn't and we find through research or something that its benefit is different, then that's fine. You know, I'm totally about pivoting, but I won't give up on trying to figure out how we end the foster care crisis and gaining understanding there because that's really what I feel called to do. And I think all of these avenues are different pieces to this puzzle, but I'm just trying to figure it out. And and I wanna be really transparent about that and my motives and, and my intentions here. And I'm super excited that you are here with me too because you're obviously like-minded in the sense that you want to understand it as well. And the more people we can get together that want to understand it, have perspectives about it, the farther we can get in getting answers to some of these critical questions. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our first episode. I hope that it was interesting and intriguing and makes you want to listen to more. I would love it if you went ahead and subscribed and shared this podcast with anyone that you think it might be helpful for. If you haven't already, make sure that you like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Let us know you're listening, what you liked and what you'd like to hear more of. I can't wait to keep this going. Talk to you soon.